Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and I want to welcome you to Season 3 of Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with authentic and courageous leaders from all over the globe. You will learn from leaders you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolkit. Leadership belongs to all of us. It's not measured by stature or title. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. You know, there's certain days where I'm doing the scroll or I'm reading and I come across interesting people and places or articles. And I found a local leader, an executive, who decided to take a year off on sabbatical. And I want to introduce you to my guest today. It's Jeff Josie. And he has decided in midlife that he wanted to take a year off and travel around the globe. So I'm not going to do a traditional introduction because I really want Jeff to share his story and his mindset because I think our listenership, which is now in 65 countries, it blows my mind to even say that. I think a lot of people are going to relate and align with Jeff. And I think he has a lot of, I'm going to call them golden nuggets to teach us. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You tell me now we're in 65 countries. No pressure. You know what, Jeff? We ended season two in May and we started season two with, we were in 45 countries. And at the end of season two, we were in 65. So I know that these conversations are heart-centered and meaningful and so imperfect. And it's my goal to just keep that relatability going for our listeners. And I know a lot of people are going to love hearing that you're off for a year traveling the globe. So not a question, just an inquiry. Tell us where you are right now. I mean, I'm in Rio de Janeiro, uh, Brazil. So I've been here for, I think about two weeks Started in the Amazon, spent about 10 days there, and then made my way through. Uh, now I'm in Rio. So it's been amazing. Seen a lot and definitely one of my favorite countries on my tour so far. I love it. Well, I'm going to ask you some leadership questions. And I know this story is going to unfold for us beautifully during our discussion. So you have shared that you're 49. I don't think you've had your 50th birthday yet. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. You're giving everything away. I'm here and now everyone's going to know my age. <laughs> we're we're going to call it midlife wisdom. Share with us why you chose to leave your executive position and, and take what you've coined as a gap year to travel the globe. Don't know what you're looking for, but you're hoping to find it. Tell us where this mindset came from and when was the day that you drew the line in the sand and thought, okay, this is it. You planned it. This is the date I'm leaving. Give us a little uh, insight into the backstory. Sure. So I have a, uh, I have three kids, but one of my kids is a 22-year-old high-functioning autistic child. So there's kind of two things here that led to this. And he'd been living with me so Five years ago, living in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, that's where I'm originally from. And I had a company, a uh, marketing and advertising company that I sold to a major corporation in Toronto. So 
I, I moved to Toronto and worked for that company. And then I ended up going to one of the competitors being Canada Post. So Eric, who was living with me, uh, he moved actually from Kingston to Toronto because he was living with me in Kingston. He said, well, dad's going to Toronto. I'm going to Toronto. So just to set that up, I, I'd had Eric with me 24-7 since he was about 11. Uh, when I, that's around the time when I got divorced. And he was just my life, like 24-7. So one day he just let me know uh, in August of last year that he was going to move back to Kingston, go to Queen's University, he's progressing beautifully, and live with his mother. And I thought for a second, I guess it was about 10 minutes maybe. I said, okay, so now what? No, Eric, I don't have to look after anybody. It's just me. And then I, I started to reflect a little bit. And I thought back to, so three years ago, my mom passed. And one of the last things she said to me, she said, okay, Jeffrey, she goes, she's the only one that gets to call me Jeffrey, but she said, okay, Jeffrey, you know, no one on their deathbed wishes they had worked harder. And I didn't think much of it at the time. I was the type of advertising sales executive that worked around the clock. I was working late nights. It was my life. I was so driven to be the best in my industry, the best in my company, to be very successful, make my bosses proud, you know, all of that stuff and, and really lead the way. And then when Eric came to me and let me know that he was moving, I really did have an epiphany and everything. It came back. It finally hit me. It was about three years later what my mom had said to me. And I decided right there, it was all in the same day, probably in the same hour, hour and a half, two hours. I was, I'm going to quit. I'm just going to quit my job and see the world, see how people live, finally get out and not think about work for a year and just go out and live life. And I made the decision and then I had to sit down with my boss. I had the big PowerPoint presentation because I'd, I'd started to put everything together where I broke it down. Here's the here's kind of the way my life has gone over the last you know few years. This is where my head's at. And also too to add as part of that presentation was then there was the COVID, the how COVID has the impact it has on our mental health. How I was I'm going to say stuck stuck in this condo doing my job doing this Zoom calls and. It was like after two years of it, and when you, so when you compound COVID, you take my mother, you take my son, I was just like, I'm out. I got to go. I just got to get out of here. And that's basically, then that, that led to that conversation with my boss, with my company to, I thought I was maybe quitting, but they gave me that one year leave of absence so I could do this. They fully got it. And it was really amazing too, that whole time doing that, having that conversation was very emotional for me. It was like, cause then I'm like reflecting back on everything on my life. And I just said, that's what led to me doing this. So here I am. You know, it's so beautiful that you had that conversation with your mom and I've talked about it a lot on the show over the last two years. I was 21 years old when I lost my dad and my dad was 54. Wow. So when I hit 54 two years ago, there's a special place in your heart that really comes alive when you think this really isn't old. But when you're 21, you think 54 is really old. Yeah. And I love that what your mom said to you became what I like to coin as an heirloom memory that you've engraved in your heart. 
And I think the bottom line was there's there's a, a high level of grief there. And you were like, okay, it's time to get out. It's time to explore. Yeah. And I love what your mom said, because I volunteer at hospice and I lost five executives 12 years ago, Jeff, Holy smokes. in a 10 month period. So there's only so much grief we can endure as human beings until we say, okay, I something's got to go here. And yeah. I love that you're taking a whole year to have this exploration. And I'm thrilled to hear how benevolent your employer was, that they heard you, they understood you, they validated you, and then they gave you a year's leave of absence. That's really commendable. Yeah. But I love that you've started a website. So my next question is, tell us about the website, tell us about the name and tell us what you're adding, when you're adding. And it's almost going to be like this beautiful virtual scrapbook to look back at one year of your life. Yeah, the site is globedigger.ca. And the name came about actually a long time sales nickname I've had is Digger. They call me Digger. It's kind of like it's been, it stuck with me. A boss actually, when I was in my 20s, gave it to me. It was a merger, went to a company. And my boss had said, if you take one guy, you got to take this guy. He's a real digger. And then the name just stuck. He and so people in my industry call me Digger. So I thought when I was going to travel the world, I'm like, hey, wait a second, yeah, I'll do a play on that and Globe Digger. So instead of digging and digging the sales, it'll be digging the globe. So that's my name. And in terms of the website, yeah, I'm updating my right now. It's like my photo galleries. I think I've just updated Ecuador, which was now two countries ago but uh yeah i'm updating so there's a gallery by country that's there so i'm sharing that i have a like a it's like a real-time kind of google map that shows my locations where i am so i make sure i keep up with that there's a link to my youtube all my social media i'm blogging so now i think i'm currently just writing my blog on sandblast which was central america a while ago so Sitting down, I find a blog takes about seven or eight hours to properly do it. So it's just finding the time to do it. But along the way, I'm also taking all these, okay, here's a blog, here's a blog. So I got about 12 that I know I'm going to do. But I'm, and there's, quite a, there's quite a bit of content on there. There's a lot of blogs. And then I do have a little professional part of it too. That's basically it in terms of sharing my journey. So my biggest priority is doing my best to keep the pictures and where I am kind of there. So if anybody wants to follow me there, and then I don't know if I said this, but all my social media links are there too, because I'm very active on Instagram. I have TikToks. I have lots of reels. I have Facebook, Twitter, all of that stuff. We, we will make sure that we have a great picture of you on the podcast episode and under the podcast episode description, we'll grab a little bit off the website and people can get to your socials and, and follow your journey. So one of my questions in leadership that I like to ask, and I think I'm going to ask you to answer this in two different ways, both in leadership and in life. What imperfections have you brought to your leadership and what imperfections have you noticed about yourself? Because you're spending a lot of time with yourself now that you're on this year-long sabbatical. Share with us your imperfections in those two different contexts. I think my imperfections in terms of, I think of leadership are just like the amount of work and the hours I put in. And as much as we think, I think traditionally this is such a great thing, 
to, yeah, look how hard I work. I'm going, I'm all for my company, all of that. But I think in, in reality, I don't know that is the best leadership quality because it doesn't point to balance. So I think when you're doing that, you don't have balance. So that's definitely a huge imperfection that I had as a professional. And now I think that's what I'm out to find is balance and taking the time to form relationships and build relationships with people and opening your eyes to all sorts of people from different walks of life and not being so closed minded. And it's, uh, and it's amazing when you travel, you see that, like you meet so many different people from all sorts of different walks of life. Like the people that I've traveled with things I never would have been open to. Like, I mean, I've had, you know, 22 year old surfers from Cali's travel partners and people that just come from just far different. And it's amazing. Like when you really sit down and talk to people, some of the bonds and relationships and friendships you form, it's unbelievable. Like I was out on the weekend with a bunch of 20 somethings. Like here I am. I'm like, an, I'm like an old man. They're calling me dad. What I love about that is I just had Chip Conley on the podcast. And Chip Conley had started a company in his early 20s. He started a, a hotel and he landed up having 20 some odd hotels and sold it to a large brand in his 40s. And we are now coined under a new term. Well, you will be when you hit 50. 50 and older is now the modern elder. And one of the things that I learned from Chip that I loved, as well as I've had other people on the podcast, is we have wisdom when we hang out with people in their 20s. And what they're helping us renew, which is why you're on this sabbatical, is your curiosity. Because we lose our curiosity because we get kind of succumbed into our roles or, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. We, we get caught into what we have to do and should do and all the tasks, et cetera, where the curiosity doesn't have a place to reside. So those young people are reinstilling the curiosity we've lost, but they want to learn and hear about our wisdom and what we bring. So Chip Conley landed up being approached by the three guys that started Airbnb. And he said, I thought it was a ridiculous idea. We now know where that story went. He took Airbnb to the stratosphere for these young guys because they didn't have the wisdom, but they helped renew his curiosity. And I think you're going to probably have so much exposure to that. What was the official one-year start date of your trip? January 31st, I was in Montreal, actually. Montreal to go and see my favorite hockey team, the Montreal Canadiens, play the Edmonton Oilers. And of course, I get there and it didn't happen. But Well, there was a game, but there was no fans. So I was basically in a hotel. It was funny too, Montreal, because that was the start of my trip. And it was like the streets were like bare in Montreal. And then I get to Nicaragua and it's like, oh, business as usual. I'm like, oh, so the whole world isn't shut down. So that was one yeah. of my first epiphanies and eye-openers. It's interesting. And, and I'm sure you're going to have more to share, which is why I'm happy that you're doing your vlogging and your blogging. So we get a little glimpse into what you're seeing. Now, my next question is, you talk a lot about balance. Do you see in leadership and in life, I hate the word balance because I feel like we're either 
doing one thing well and something else is suffering. Do you yeah. feel there's an open openness to learn and practice and hone the art of integration? Yeah, that's a great word, actually, integration as opposed to balance, because you're right. What is balance, right? How do you, you're always doing one thing, right? Um, yeah, I think so. And I, I think it's, I think there's definitely, I know there's, I know we hear it in our corporations now. There's a, there's a, they're talking about it and they're using the word balance, not integration, right? Oh, you got to have balance, but they, they say that, but at the same time, they're like, okay, we need you to do this, 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 and this. So I think, um, one thing that this is teaching me is, you know what, I do need integration or balance or whatever it is in terms of how am I going to, when I go back into the workplace, there's no way it's going to be, regardless of what position I'm in, what kind of leadership that is, there's, there's no way I'm going to go back to what I was. And I think I'm definitely going to um, lead in a way of, yeah, look, I've learned that I need this balance. I need to, you know, I can't be working evenings, Monday through Friday and all these hours on the weekends to get a project. And I think it's going to be more, yeah, I'm going to say no to this and that's just it. I'm, I'm not going to do it or I'm going to need another week to do this or a week and a half. No, it has to be done this day. No, it's going to have to be later because I got a lot going and I just can't put everything else aside and just work. So I think finding that into in your life, that integration for me, it's going to be, you know, travel. It's, I've always been an avid runner. So making sure I can not sacrifice that. And I just think have that total balance in your life. And that's definitely something I'm just going to do. And if, uh, if a corporation isn't good with that, I'll be working for, well, I don't even have to work for a corporation. I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I can do my own thing and lead that way too. So I don't know what that's going to look like, but that to me is going to be the number one thing. Well, and what you've really just described is, is having proper boundaries at the same time aligned with self-care and nothing will jeopardize either. And I think a lot of corporations have heard this and are learning this with COVID and the return to work or hybrid work models that are now in place. And I think you doing the presentation for your employer was probably eye-opening. Yeah. And yeah. they're thinking more of looking at the person, not just the job title and the role and responsibilities. It's powerful. I was just going to say something like, I mean, I've stayed, in, I've met so many travelers because of COVID too that are working doing their jobs on the road. Sometimes their employer knows, sometimes they don't. And I know, especially in that kind of 30 to, I'd say 28 to 40 crowd, there's a lot of people doing this. And this is what they're going to be doing for as far as they can see. And, and, and when things kind of now they come back with, from COVID, they're not going to accept this anything different. Like they're going to be like, no, this is what we want to do. I think that flexibility is going to happen because I think that generation, the millennial generation is just going to put their foot down and say, no, this is it. This is the way we're going to do it. So I think change is going to have to happen. I think it's happening. I, yeah. I see the millennials knowing what they want. And I also see kind of a repeat from the fifties and the sixties of, you know, the parent being home for dinner. And getting the work done, but not necessarily within within the constraints of nine to five. 
Yeah. And travel is just an example. Like, I mean, whether that's, you, you know, you might be have a young family at home or, you know, whatever it is, but it's all the same, whether you're, but it doesn't make a difference. If you want to go to Brazil and do that, or, you know, even if it's three days a week or whatever it is, if you want to stay at home and then you can look after the kids, you don't have the daycare pressures to worry about. Plus I think it, it, it makes the workforce stronger because I know when my kids were little, it was like people would, that could go out and work and make a company better. He had to stay home because, you know, daycare was so expensive. And this way you can kind of multitask it. I think there's a lot of pluses there. So my last leadership question is kind of an unusual one. And I know a lot of people would look at you and think, okay, is this guy having like a midlife crisis? And what I want you to talk about is when I found your story and we chatted, I think you have found the golden goose and I, I frame it in such a way that you have found, discovered and tapped into your midlife wisdom. Yeah, I think that's a great question because before I left, that was kind of my, I guess my running joke a lot of the times with, you know, colleagues at work with friends is like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm going to be the gray hair that goes out and buys the Porsche. I'm just going to travel the world instead. So yeah, it's a little bit of a midlife, I don't know, midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that is, uh, I think that's, that's it. I think for me though, the biggest thing was, and you mentioned your dad earlier, it's like, for me, it's like, okay, I'm 49, I'm going to turn 50 on this truck. And at one point I was thinking, okay, I was working really hard, saving lots of money, all of this stuff thinking, okay, you know what, I probably retire at 55 and spend my winters and anywhere, Vietnam or wherever it is, and come back to Canada in the summers. But I'm like, a lot can happen between 50 and 55. Maybe I won't be around. I mean, I can do this now and maybe this way, maybe I'm working until I'm 56 or 57 or who knows. But for me, it was just, yeah, get out, do it now. And that was my, that was also part of that epiphany is I just, I have my health. I have energy. Like I'm staying in a lot of hostels. I'm around a lot of young people a lot. I'm, you know, going out on the weekends, I'm doing stuff, I'm doing hikes and, you know, doing all this stuff. And I have the energy to do that right now. And you know what, traveling in five years and 10 years might be much different and where I don't have that energy. And I kind of, you know, we talked about the gap year and, you know, I meet all these young people that, yeah, I'm picking a gap year before I start working. I'm like, yeah, so am I. And I just wish I would have been done what they're doing. I, they inspire me so much that they're doing it now, but I, I'm just doing it at a later point. And this is my gap year to, and I, and I'm doing, that's why I'm staying in hostels and I'm doing a lot of budget traveling. And even though I don't have to, just because I want to experience that and, and really get in there and see the world. So for me, I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but that's kind of where my head's at. So. Well, it does. I mean, you're doing the younger trip. You're just doing it at 49. Yeah. And there's no rule book. Like, I think the way you approached your employer, and it's worth repeating this, you put a presentation together to say, here's how I got to where I'm at. And it wasn't just words. You had put something together. You had put thought and your heart and let them know emotionally, here's where I'm at. And I think being home for as long as we've been home, it's affected every age group in a different way based on maturity, experience, et cetera. And people aren't stopping work at 55. You know, if you look at 
the latest research coming out with Alzheimer's. People want to keep using their minds. And the term legacy work's been dropped so much in the last two years, especially, and, and before. And because we're middle-aged doesn't mean that our wisdom's not going to keep growing. Maybe we're going to reinstate that level of curiosity that we have. But I think it's wonderful that you've got some structure set out for this sabbatical year, but a lot of it's going to be exploration, experience, and I'm sure you feel youthful running into a lot of young people, and I'm sure there's great conversations going on both ways. Yeah, it's amazing. It's actually really cool because one thing like uh, living the hostile life, that stuff, there's no, I mean, we deal with age discrimination in workplaces, like with you know, young people, how many times do we hear people talking about millennials in the workplace and, you know, they don't stay anywhere more than a year or two years, always moving around. They don't put up with any, anything. They, you know, we hear that all the time, but when you're out, everybody comes together in this type of environment and really it's like age doesn't matter. It's really cool. I, I don't know. I might be the only instance I can really, I've ever seen that is in this, like no one cares. Everybody's right? in the same headspace. Yeah. Age doesn't matter, right? So yeah. interesting. Cool. Okay, I'm going to switch to my my fab four. And these are just four rapid fun questions. Don't want you to think. Just tell us whatever's sitting on the top of that traveling mind of yours. Uh-oh. Okay, first question. Tell us something that we don't know about you. Oh, my Lord. I'm such an open book, an open person. Uh, well, it was a long time uh Long history in track and field in my youth and uh, really strong runner when I was younger. So maybe that's one thing. And you're, and you're still running? I try. I'm a broken. I'm a little bit broken. I, I've, I've got a lot of injuries I deal with. But uh, yeah, it's one thing on this trip. Like I'm, I haven't been out in a few days actually. But yeah, it's something I'm trying to bring back in and, uh, and do is uh, just running because it's, it's good for the mind, good for the body. And this is an opportunity for me to do it where I'm not always putting off a project or whatever it is. It's just a matter of making sure I'm healthy. You're priority number one, which I love. Correct. So yeah. I'm just six years further down the road than you. I just had my 56th birthday nice. and we've been talking a lot about mindset. So my running days are over. I, I now am blessed with a sexy knee brace that I wear on my right knee. I have a small tear in my meniscus with a bit of arthritis. So I'm now an avid walker and I ride my bike a lot. So can't run, but find what you can do. And and I think that's part of your mantra on this trip, right? Yeah, I do walking as well. And then I'll like back home, I'd have a Peloton for when I could to make up for the running. So I get it. It's great. Thankfully, my knees are good. So that's, that's the thing that really makes it tough. It does. And you know what? You can think, oh, I'm getting older and this is happening. And it's kind of like, my first question is, okay, what can I still do? <laughs> is there a brace? Is there an aid? So it's all in how you think, right? I love it. Hey, you can walk. You just got to walk further. Exactly. Okay. Second question. Is there a book that you've read in your life that was really impactful that you can remember to share with us? And if you can remember, what was the title and the author? If you can also remember that. Yes. You know, I mentioned I made the decision to do this. I actually read a book. I think it was Seth Godin, The Dip. 
So I read that. He's just basically knowing, you know, knowing when to quit, knowing when to keep going. And I actually read it and put it's a, it's a short read. And I read it and put that down. And I was like, yeah, I'm quitting. And it was, uh, yeah. So for me, that was great. And I'm actually well into, if I can just one more. And I, can I swear? Sure. Subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. And that's the one I'm currently into. And I think that's another uh, eye opener too, is just like, you know, you just got to. It's interesting that you picked those two books. So last Christmas, I gifted myself Seth Godin's creative workshop. Oh, nice. And he runs it in January and September. Highly recommend it. And it's a hundred days of writing. And I remember him welcoming all of us as creatives. And I never thought I was a creative. My friends are like, you need to do that. Like, you're a good writer. And we actually finished it on my birthday, which was May 20th. And we read the dip during the workshop because we would have to write every day. And then Seth would drop in Monday, Wednesday, Friday with an interview or a prompt that would just drop you to your knees, Jeff. And you, you'd think, oh, I got this. I'm gonna... and, and he has such a artful way of really making you think. And that is such a great book. And, and kind of in unison right now, because I think you are in the dip, but you chose to be in the dip. That's your one year. So, so cool. The second book you're reading is a great book. And I always say to people after they read it, you've now found the best diet to have in life because you have chosen to lose the weight of other people's opinions. Yeah, that's both very, very, no, that one I still will have a lot of time to reflect on it. And, but I've taken my time with some of these books too. Like a lot of self-improvement type stuff is what I'm interested in right now in terms of this, this journey and seeing, learn from these guys how I can be better and just kind of let things roll off a little bit more. So just as an aside, because we post the audio of this, um, I do think you could be a Steve Martin lookalike. <laughs> see, everybody can't see I've you, but I one. can. And uh, he could definitely be a Steve Martin double for sure. Oh um, I also wanted to surprise you and tell you that you are my 200th leader that I have interviewed on the podcast. So wow. yeah. And you're local and you're Canadian. So that makes my heart happy. So I wanted to share that with you. You're our 200th. Okay, third question. Let me frame it for you. So I'm going to grant you a wish. And it's kind of cool because this might happen on your trip. I don't know. If you could have dinner with any leader in the world, and this could be someone who's living or someone who's passed away, who would you want to have dinner with? Who is that leader? And what is the dinner conversation? I think for forever, I, I, th I think it would have to be two leaders. And we're going to go outside the box here on this one for sure. And I, it's going to be Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. And I love the Rolling Stones and they are leaders. And, and it's uh, especially Mick Jagger. And I think that conversation definitely is about, because I know a lot about the band. They were a business in the 70s. They were going bankrupt. Mick Jagger cleaned up his life. He made a lot of changes. He got off the drugs. He took control of the band. And it just went like this from there on. And they become the, you know, the greatest rock and roll band on the planet. They're, uh, from a business perspective, they're, I'm sure he's a billionaire, very successful. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to talk deeper just about his life and 
what was it like? And what was it, you know, turning the band around? Like, how'd you do it? And all of this. And I know you would have a great story. And for me, it's just, I'm a, I'm a huge fan as well of the band. So we're going to see them next month. So for me, it would be a combination of those two. More Mick, because he's the leader, but I would just like Keith to meet Keith as well. So I think it's, having uh, a conversation uh, just with Keith would be entertainment in oh, itself, right? I love it. I was going to say Richard Branson, but I think I'm going to go with those guys just because of who they are. I did see a picture on your website. I You were standing beside a young person and you both had uh, Rolling Stone uh, t-shirts on. I was yeah. looking at your website after we had connected. And it's really not going out of the box because even though they're in a band and created a band, you made a really valid point. It's a business. And if they didn't change their habits and kind of got it together, I mean, they are one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all times. And to look at them now as modern elders, they're still rocking it. And I just think that would be such a great conversation. That's the first time someone has said on the show they've actually uh, wanted to sit down with a musician. Or (laughs) so that's cool. See, I love it. This is we're all. I was going to go with Richard Branson, and then I changed. I know. No, for me, it really is. And that's and that's what I love about this. Like, what what was the first one that came to your mind? But could you imagine sitting down with the two of them and how different your conversation would be? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good great. one. A, yeah, and it is a business because they come up with the, their product, how they write their songs. Their, it's, a, it's a business. There's a creative process. There's a sales yeah. process. It's, it's a business, 100%. And the decades of longevity that they've had. It's amazing. I'm going to be in Hyde Park seeing these guys and they're like almost 80. Exactly. That's going to be amazing. When, are, when is that happening? June 25th. Oh, lovely. So just on the start of summer, which is lovely. Yeah, it would be great. All right, before I get you to finish my sentence, which is our last question, I just want to say it's going to be so fun to follow you when you land at one year, which will be January 31st of 2023. You will be back home in Toronto. I Maybe. That's the original plan. I'm going to see how things go because I go to Europe in um, for the summer. Then I go to Southeast Asia. I'd love to see Australia, but I don't know if I'll have enough time because you really want to dive into that. So I'll see like, but right now the plan is January 31st. It could end up asking for a minor extension, um, a couple months maybe, but the plan right now still is, yeah, like January 31st, February 1st, I'm back in Canada. It'll be neat to follow your journey. And uh, it was lovely to connect with you. I'm excited to continue to follow. And I know you're going to discover this integration. And I love that you have embraced your own being. I'm a yoga teacher. So we, we always say in Sanskrit, intention is sankalpa. And you've set out a whole year to, to discover your sankalpa, which is very, very cool. So we're going to be watching you, Jeff, now that I know, or should we say Digger, we're going to be watching you on your website, which we'll post below. And uh, thank you for sharing your sabbatical time and a little bit of your heart with us today. And I'm going to ask you to finish this sentence for me and we will close out the show. Please finish this sentence. Heart-centered leadership is? Heart-centered leadership is take the lead and show people how do it the way, this is the way I think it should be done and do things the right way. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect. 
the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today and learned some new tools for your leadership from our amazing Heart Centered guest. And if you like the show, we would welcome a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And we would love to have any comments or feedback at any time. And if you want some more heart-centered goodness, head over to our daily blog, masteringtheheart.com.